Good life, everybody. It is Steve back here again. What up, y'all? That guy. <laughs> and also today we have one of our dearest, dearest family members, Robbie Simmons. Hello. Ah. Hello, world. And because of that, um, we're just going to jump right into it because there's a bazillion things. To discuss, <laughs> um, Steve, I have to I have to I have to interrupt you because Steve just turned off the computer monitor because he could see me watching the <laughs> watching the <laughs> wave files scroll by. <laughs> There's another engineer in the room, or a better engineer and more precise engineer, and so yes, the monitor is off, <laughs> and we are fine. We are good to go. I miss it, buddy. <laughs> I'll put it on every once in a while just to make sure it's still going. I'm not <laughs> but so far, we've been good. Um, so, tons going on, but who cares? Because Robbie's here, and that's really the most important thing. Oh. So, I don't know. Matt. Matt is actually in a band with Robbie, and oh, Robbie yeah. is in a band with Matt. Yeah. So, <laughs> if you guys just want to bro out, let's just get into it. Uh-oh. Hey, dude, you like playing drums? You know, I like playing drums. I don't know if anybody else likes me playing drums yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, I love you playing drums, brah. Oh man. Uh thanks, man. But you like playing you like playing guitar? I do, yeah. I'm gonna switch up to electric soon. Oh. Which is gonna be sick. That yes, I can't wait. I need to get something that doesn't have humbuckers though. Maybe a telly. I don't know. Dude, telly would sound perfect. In fact, in in my envisioning, I forget which song it is. Oh, romance. I'm talking about. We're just going oh. off. <laughs> Sorry. I do envision like a nice telly sound at the beginning uh, instead dude. like with the the yeah. Maybe get an AC15 like push a little more. That'd be really nice. There's an uh there's an AC30 with like greenbacks in it at the pawn shop over there for like 900 bucks. Oh my god. It's crazy. Yeah. Arjun told me about it. <laughs> he was like, dude, you gotta buy. I was like, I don't have nine hundred dollars right now. <laughs> like you're bucks. you're oh twenty-three. I know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get it. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to, but damn. Yeah. <laughs> so to elaborate a little bit, um Robbie moved here to Philly at this point a year, a year and a half ago. Two, actually. About two. two now. Yeah, yeah, it was uh our like philiversary was uh April twenty eighth, two thousand fifteen. So yep, it's just been two years, a little two years and like a month now. Awesome. So yeah, we have this store as you all know and we opened five years ago and then Matt's been coming in and out. And then I guess about two years ago is when you started Matt being here more, mm -hmm. which is when we met Robbie which is when all this just blew up. Um, so the band that Robbie and Frankie, who we've mentioned, um, uh, I guess conceived is Ivory. And then the project that Matthew um, conceived is Fatonia. And so they share members, but also have different members in each. Um, so I would just actually like to hear about that dynamic. That was my phone. I take full. <laughs> do not disturb i guess i suppose it probably began with some form of like an informal jam sesh here in the store at one point or another i remember one particular instance where there was you used to have a is it a tenor guitar the four string guy yeah yeah and i i my hands are a little too big for like regular guitar to like you know, but with four strings instead of six, I felt like I could do. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, I think that was that, and then and then I asked you to record guitar for a song for us, which we now uh, 
belovedly called Dolphin Pony, uh, <laughs> which still hasn't been released, but it will be on our full length record whenever uh, we finish that. It's our concept song for yeah. our album Dolphin Pony. It's all about <laughs> Dolphin Pony, or will there be uh, an <laughs> I imagine there will be an official <laughs> title because the, the the lyrical content is actually pretty like serious and the song itself is kind of dark and um but you know it, it's nice like try not to take ourselves too seriously <laughs> um yeah so Matt played the guitar and it's and I think we and then uh and then we had a show that came up out of nowhere and we had like um a month or less to prepare for it and was that the bourbon and branch that was the bourbon and branch show which was actually like our first full band show oh yeah as ivory even though we had put out a record like nine months before that or so um and and you bunkered down and learned all of our material, which at that point I think was only like seven songs or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. We might have actually only did six because we had to get you and Ron DiSilvestro, who uh, plays drums with us. Um, we had to get you guys both up to speed in like no time flat. But you just like you buckled down, and I, I think we practiced in our living room like three times a week for like. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was it was really intense. It was all acoustic. Yeah, was sick. that was yeah. like the first jams we had, man. Yeah, yeah, mm. and then. Um, so that happened, yeah. and then when you had your songs, I guess, later, right? Maybe half a year, a year later or something. Yeah, just about. Um, then Paul and Ben and some other folks we know. I said folks twice today already. Once on this podcast. I never say folks. Earlier. What's That's going so on? I'm going to have to censor that. Um, <laughs> but uh, And then it was like, oh, Robbie and Frankie, we already jam. We all play all these instruments. Let's team up. Right. Yeah, I was kind of hanging out with Paul. I, I met him here, but that was back in like 2013. We kind of jammed a little bit, and maybe like a year, year and a half later, we like got together, showed him some songs, and then we picked up Ben from there. And I was in a band with Ivory, and then eventually it was just like, <laughs> I'm just like, it's Ivory, <laughs> yeah, it's Ivory. Yeah. To, to some extent, I think that came out of recording too. Mm. But to some extent, just kind of jamming, like you would come over, and I remember like same mistakes happened that way, and you were just you had just written it, and you were. You were playing it, Same Mistakes by Fatonia, available on SoundCloud. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, like, Frankie picked up the violin. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the drums didn't actually come in until, like, the very end of the recording. We had actually recorded everything else, including Frankie's strings and stuff. And then I said, hey, maybe we could, like, put a little rhythm behind this. Yeah, jam. like a shaker? Or like, no, like a floor tom? Little, little Yeah, symbol. and I literally, yeah, I literally set up a floor tom and a snare drum, and I had a, t- a mallet in my left hand and a hot rod in my right hand. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> <Down> personal. <laughs> oh my. Uh, wow, how, how, geez. man. This interview's just, over. It's, it's <laughs> over. I can't work under these conditions. Um. So no, we, uh, we jammed at a, we did a, an, an open mic at Connie's. I think we had like a set there. It was just you, me, and Frankie. We played, that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Just having a violin, drums, and like a guitar with 10 gauge strings on it. It's uh, pretty intense. Yeah. You nailed it. <laughs> it, it, wor- it worked though. I, there's those videos still exist out there. I think the mm-hmm. owner of Connie's um, Connie herself. Connie herself <laughs> may have had a number of alcoholic beverages and <laughs> yeah. um, and not only a live videoed it, but decided nicely to um, to go ahead and sponsor that live video. So <laughs> they kept seeing us. Fi- uh, yeah, you guys so were great. Yeah. We love you. I said thank you, sweetheart. Yes, that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Rick Rack. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the most impressive things to me, Robbie, other than your beard and your heart, is um, <laughs> the fact that, and this is coming from, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I went to school for recording 
um, recording industry studies um, and graduated with a full class, you know, saw all the subsequent classes and how few, if any of those people work professionally in a studio, um, some in other creative ways or music uh, ways, but to actually be um, an engineer in a legit studio is quite quite the feat these days, and that is something that Robbie is doing, which is awesome. Um, so when you hear, he's got a lot going on. When you hear some of the Ivory tracks, I believe that's a mix of Forge Studios, yep. where Robbie works, and uh, and will definitely tell us about, as well as their home studio, Dos Gatos. Yep. Um, and then all the Fitonia stuff was done at. Dos Gatos, mm -hmm. I believe. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I would just love to hear, I guess, um, you know, going through a program with a degree like that and then graduating and just staring at the wall <laughs> and trying to think what to do <laughs> to now. I don't know. Feel free to just ramble and, okay. and give us the deal. Well, there's uh, I'm really good at rambling, so so we're up one there. Um, yeah, and interestingly, actually, I think my degree is uh, almost a little less marketable. Uh, my degree is actually in um, contemporary writing and production, which uh, I chose because when I went to Berkeley, I was torn between. I was like, oh, do I want to, do I want to do engineering, which is something that's always been like I've always been interested in recording studios, and I've always I've done like you know, poor but. Uh, still done recordings, home recordings of myself and like, you know, projects that I, I did since um, I was maybe through 13 or so. I got like a little four track recorder, which I still have, believe it or not. Um, uh, so I was interested in that, but also uh, I had, and it's interesting, I'm going to use this past tense because it's been a long time since I've actually written a, a song like full-fledged by myself, but I did for a lot of my teenage years and through most of my 20s um, do a lot of songwriting, and so I was kind of torn between that, and I've also always been interested in arranging and stuff like that, and so actually it turns out that there's, um, it's not just me that's interested in doing like all those things, and so the, they call it CWP, the CWP degree um, at Berkeley kind of covers all those bases, and so you get you know, you, you do get into Pro Tools and learn how to do that. And, you know, while we don't go, it doesn't go super in-depth into, like, crazy cool miking techniques and we don't get to do a whole lot of fiddling with, um, like, analog gear or anything like that, you know, it was, uh, you know, enough of a basis in that kind of stuff where I did get to be pretty good in Pro Tools and, and you know, understand, like, basics of engineering. Um, in addition to like also having to write for orchestra and big band and, um, and having to write, you know, like pop songs and stuff like that. And then have those all be judged by people. Uh, my, um, uh, directed study teacher at the end who is like, you know, you kind of, you meet with somebody privately and they kind of go over everything that you've done and you have to turn in a portfolio at the end, and so they kind of make sure that you have everything in a row for that, and he just won a Tony, I think, last year for, like, best arranging. So, like, these are the kind of people that you're uh, trying to impress, make a good impression on is probably a better way to put it. Um, so, anyways, once I, I finished with Berkeley, uh, Boston is a wonderful city. I love and miss Boston, and it is really expensive to live there. Uh, so when I finished Berkeley, um, basically came down to, uh, living with my parents in South Jersey. <laughs> so, uh, at that point I pretty much was just kind of staring at a wall. Um, we went on tour 
for like a week in California with uh, Zoya, who is currently taking India by a storm. She's of Indian. She's born in India, grew up in California, um, but she she took her she took her thing to India and is and is killing it over there. So, um, <coughs> but a couple years ago we had done that tour, and we came back and I didn't really have anything to do, and so I literally just went on Google and uh, Google searched every like every studio in uh, South Jersey, Delaware, and like Philadelphia area, which uh, I sent about 30 emails and got about three back, uh, one of which was telling me that the studio had closed. <laughs> uh, but one was from, from Forge Recording and from Brendan McGeehan, who uh, was the studio manager there at the time. Um, I'm the studio manager there now. So... Yay. <laughs> It's kind of interesting to come from like I'm back at the beginning, and this is really only a couple of years ago. Um, but you know, I should preface that by saying that I was uh, almost 29 when I graduated from Berkeley, so that plays into that a little bit because I had you know a lot of previous experience in life, just not necessarily the music industry before that. I mean, maturity, not, right? Yeah, Profe professional music. I say music industry. I mean, I've been doing music, playing in bands forever, but like professionally, music industry. I I would say I only joined that aspect really after um, after graduating. But so I went into Forge, and they sort of offered me a half an internship, kind of. It was just sort of filling in the gap space that they had that would just kind of get me in there, and then from there, if I wanted to freelance or whatever. Uh, and one day they had a session that nobody else could do, and they offered it to me, and then I started you know, taking sessions there. Um, a little over a year ago, um, I got involved uh, with a production team that was doing a record for Matthew Schuler, who was on The Voice in 2013-ish, I want to say. Um, so spent several months on that and a uh, few other projects here and there, um, like with Forge. Um, and then that led to uh, to Brendan... Uh, is a busy guy and didn't have, uh, I guess, quite the time to, you know, the stuff that I deal with at the studio is, if you're if you're already on a busy schedule, I could see that you would not necessarily want to add that to your to your plate. And um, being that I'm not that busy, I guess <laughs> <laughs> um, it worked out. It worked out nicely, and so uh, I tend to I just try to oversee, like, make sure things keep running and. Um, and uh, that the studio presents in the way that you know we we want it to as a professional recording studio. By the way, who was the first person you recorded at Forge? Who? What was that session? Oh do you my remember? god! Yeah, I do remember. Uh, I'll 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 I'm not going to say nice things, so I won't mention a name. Um, <laughs> but it was he had a, a song that didn't seem to have a title, and he called it uh, Afro Pop, which was sort of the the genre, which is like kind of uh, it was like really sidechain compressed reggaeton kind of but like also with like maybe a little bit of um you know island flavor in there a little bit it was it was interesting uh but at the end of the day um you know we we do charge per hour there not per like project uh so we did the recording and mixed it and mastered it and had him out the door and he wasn't happy with um, the amount of auto tune that was used on him in that there wasn't wasn't enough. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> I 
More auto-tune on those Caribbean and drums. So the, <laughs> the, what, what really ended up happening is um, is after I, you know, sort of told him that he would have to, like, you know, pay for time for, like, me to go in there and do that, um, he claimed that he had paid for his song to be recorded, mixed, and mastered, and he just wanted the auto-tune done right. <laughs> That is uh, a technique I actually use to turn this place um, away from recording and more into like a lesson space and everything. We had a lot of people coming in like, oh, can I record? Can I record in the back? And then I just started saying we do not do auto-tune. And that immediately like cut out um, that because I personally, you know, I use auto-tune on maybe a sax, to f- a sax sample to fit it in something and whatnot, but uh, not vocals. Uh, by any means, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, but, um, but it all worked out as we see. And oh, yeah. then I'm curious because Ron, your monster drummer, yes, I know was involved in Forge. As he's actually well. the lead engineer there. Yeah. Okay. He's, uh, when I'm when I'm an engineer, he's my boss. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he's in your band, you're his boss. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I actually. Asked him uh, one day just to record like three songs for us, um, which is like the first batch of material that we recorded with Matt, and the stuff, the first batch of stuff that we really did in in Philly, um, which he did. And then at the end of the session, he was like, you know, if you if you ever need somebody to play live with you, which I mean, we didn't clearly we didn't have a drummer because we just hired him to to record. Um, and shortly after that uh we had a show that we (laughs) it was i mean it was really maybe a week later and i was like hey can i take you up on that um and and he played the first show with us and then we i think all of us sort of thought it worked and um and so he's been sort of part of the team ever since and and to give him an even bigger shout out the dude is an animal and he also has a bunch of drum loops i believe it's rsd rds or rds yeah drums uh drum samples and and loops nice so he's i know i saw like a ludwig kick uh, or kit i believe yeah the it's a it's a i believe late 50s ludwig wfl kit and it i mean uh he used it in in a rehearsal because we we rehearsed at forge and he used it in in one of our rehearsals recently and i mean the thing just sounds like we're definitely gonna it's definitely going to be on (laughs) on our on our next record because i mean the sound is just and i mean he's got in those samples he's got like u87s on the toms you know that leads me to my next question actually just nerd out and love it what mics do you have at your disposal at at forge oh man um we have uh quite a team of of u87s a total of five um one of which does live in in our like b our b room um but uh yeah we have uh two sony uh c 37s i'm blanking on numbers right now i believe uh they're uh old tube mics um as well as an akg the tube tube mic which is uh beautiful for vocals i used that recently for that for some vocals uh we have uh three Altogether, AKG uh, uh, 414s. One is the C414EB, um, which are which are great. Um, couple of, uh, we have two sets of KM84s, Neumann, uh, KM100s, Neumann as well. Uh, you know, obviously your standard 58, which which we're speaking into currently. Excuse me. Um, 
58s, 57s. We have a pair of 421s, MD 421s, Sennheiser. I'm, I need to like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm just rattling off numbers and nobody's going to know what I'm talking about. Um, 10% of the people. Hello. 10%, 10% of the people. Uh, we have a, a couple, we do have uh, several ribbon mics as well. We have a pair of uh, Cascade, I'm blinking on the model number, but they kind of look like an old timey kind of a, uh, Ellipse, elliptical kind of shape. Whoa, whoa, sorry, Mike. I just touched the mic. Um, Mike's not here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we have a pair of those. Uh, we also have an old, old, old Reslo ribbon, um, which is good for a lot of stuff. And there's more stuff than that. I mean, there's a couple of piezo mics in there, and I I think that's pretty much all the that's pretty much all the like all the really heavy goodies. I mean, I I'm sold. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and and we do. I mean, I've done everything from um, you know pop and, and and rock. We did our drums and bass there for for Ivory's record, um, and we do like all pretty much all genres. The live room is Matt can Matt's. Well, you've been there as well. I have. Yeah, and um, and the live room is it's a John Stork design. It's it sounds amazing. So it's like you know you set up a piano in the middle of it, put a mic like fifteen feet in the air. You don't even need reverb. Um, and I'm like, I'm not saying this just to sell the place. I know it sounds like a sales pitch, but like legit, I'm I'm a big fan of using the room that you're in, and that's part of like part of half the reason we haven't moved from from our apartment, despite uh, the negative aspects of living on South Street, uh, is that we have this giant like living room space, and it it just sounds really nice. <laughs> it does. So basically, if you don't go to Dos Gatos, go to Forge. But yeah, either way, right. you're going to get Robbie. Yeah. And that's really <laughs> quite incredible. And while you're not staring at my beard, um, I will be I'll be doing the best I can to make you sound amazing. So is this the warm weather trim, or is it going to yeah. get long over the yeah, summer? Yeah, this is not. Nah, probably won't get too too longer. I did just trim it like over the weekend. This is kind of the warm weather, the warm weather version. Uh, it was... Well, yeah, we traveled. We went to... You and I, Steve and I, uh, during a, a Soundtree uh, installation, traveled on the plane. I remember that was in January, and my beard was down to about here or so, down to um, my, my mid-chest or so. That was the Indiana, yes. Evansville, Indiana. Oh, yes, where we uh, were... Stranded in Midway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, are we going to sleep in the airport? Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> so what Soundtree is, is uh, the educational division of Korg, and uh, and that's actually what I have been doing since 2009, um, and then the store 2012, and and so needed some assistance, and um, for the same reasons that that Robbie is now the studio manager at Forge, he quickly became uh, our go-to tech for tidiness and note taking and troubleshooting <laughs> and fixing of the things and desk building, desk building <laughs> and and everything. Um, so thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> thank you for thank you for uh, the note taking was that was my favorite part of, yeah. of what you just said. <laughs> no, it's it's amazing. I I just do copy and paste and send and then field field any questions, um, which is really nice. But yeah, we were um, on the way to Evansville, Indiana, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, on the last flight, of course. So it gets to Midway, and the flight is canceled, and we need to be there in you know the morning in Evansville to work. And I mean Evansville's not terribly far from Chicago, but um it's not 
fun necessarily and it would have been like a random mega bus overnight or something oh, yeah. we're just like what are we gonna do and it <laughs> turns out you know we we're able to just crash there get on get it on a flight and it all worked out um but what was interesting one of the flight issues there's been so many lately but one of them that was in the news i believe it was the first one the delta one when the dude got like dragged through oh, the that was united or united yeah um i'm pretty sure that flight was from Chicago to Louisville. It was. It was. Yeah, I saw that too. And I remember thinking like, okay, we went through this. Like United could have avoided all that by putting their employees in some kind of charter and just bussing them down. I mean, to yeah, it's just the the overselling of uh, we're going to way branch off topic here, <laughs> but the overselling of flights in general is like ridiculous. Like, oh, everybody showed up that we sold tickets to. Oops, <laughs> like some of you can't fly today. What? <laughs> like just the just the idea of that is like okay i get that you want to have your flight as full as possible but like you know flights are already uncomfortable i don't personally like flying i would i would rather <laughs> i would rather drive for like 14 hours than spend four hours on a plane um it's like paying for a pizza then you get it and you open the box and there's seven slices in there just like <laughs> yeah. someone licked all the pepperoni <laughs> off <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i don't know why i went there I don't no, know how we're no, going to get I'm just glad you said pizza. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go on break, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is pause. Interview's over. <laughs> Favorite pizza topping? Oh, I'm a meat lover. Just give me all the kinds of meat. Knew that. Bunch of sauce. Bunch of sauce. <laughs> <laughs> no cheese. That's, no, that's, no cheese. that's Chicago style, right? Where they, just, yeah. they pour the sauce on. It's like a pie. I don't know how they call that pizza. It's delicious, but it's mm -hmm. not pizza. No, it's it's chunky. Chunky pie. Yeah, yeah, it is. Chunky sauce I mean, pie. Give me, give me a pie filled with cheese and top of tomato sauce all day, but that's... Give me the cheese. Longer. Not, yeah. in my opinion, pizza. <laughs> that is bananas, which... Has anyone had a banana pizza? I have not. No. No. I've never had a banana. No. You've never had a banana? I've had, like, like a smell of a banana before. <laughs> have you ever heard a banana? <laughs> oh, my God. Don't do this to me. <laughs> that was an actual banana shaker. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> Hollowed out with banana seeds. All right, this is the point when I say timeout and we save it, and then we pick. So here we are with the buzzkill save button. Um, buzzkill save button. That should be the name of my new band. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what's awesome, actually, is again these guys' bands that we were talking about. Um, do you guys? Well, we got something in the works for Fatonia. Um, does Ivory have any any dates, or is it just really? Getting the everything wrapped up and out, and then we're yeah. Um, we don't have anything date wise um, right now. We <laughs> part of uh, you know all members of the band being professional musicians, and and that extends to our extended live band as well, uh, which includes Daniel De Jesus, who you know. Uh, Steve, I think you used to, room. Used to live with yeah, him. Yeah, used to yeah. live with him, right? Daniel's amazing uh, string player um, and Taylor Kelly. And we're pretty much all, you know, professionally musicians. And so, therefore, uh, Ivory does kind of tend to go in fits and starts. Um you know, right now I'm right now I'm backed up with like several projects that I'm that I'm working on, and unfortunately. Uh, you know, there's only so much room in one's brain for for musical content and especially like from a production aspect there's only so many different things that my brain can be like thinking about and and uh part of the way that i work is that my brain's constantly like running and thinking about things so it's like we're not anywhere i mean we're 
several months away, I would say, from from doing real serious recording with Fatonia, but like my brain is already in production mode for that. And, mm. and um, so, yeah, uh, Ivory doesn't really have anything happening right now other than that we're, you know, we're still writing uh, new material and we have a, a, a lot of demo material um, for, the new, for the new records. Oh yeah, right. We do. Yeah, we did um, put out in February. Uh, we did put out two, like a kind of a two-song single with a bonus track, um, and those are the first two songs that we did with Ron and with and with Matt. Um, and then another song that we wrote actually back in Boston, and we kind of we recorded the piano actually at my at my parents' house, my dad's piano, and then kind of added stuff over it later. And um, it's just a nice little kind of. Nice song, but it doesn't. It's uh, not necessarily reflective of of what we sound like, especially live. Um, but it's a nice song that we wanted to that we wanted to put out. So it's just sort of a little bonus track on there. Interest peaked. Um, <laughs> so if, if we're gonna play a song during the outro, um, do you have? Is it gonna be one of those three? Or are you gonna? Yeah, deeper? definitely. No, definitely. Um, I would. I would. Uh, I think factory song would be a great song to. Um, Especially because the line is, you know, hey, oh, goodbye. Uh, I think that would be an appropriate song to end to oh, end perfect. on. And know. I played that song with you guys. You did. Oh that, yes, God. yes. We did have one fateful show, um, which our drummer Ron was unfortunately not able to make. Uh, and <laughs> in lieu of uh, in lieu of a different drummer, um, for various reasons, I ended up playing drums, and uh, Steve filled in on on bass. I normally play. I play drums in in Fatonia with with Matt. At the front, but I play bass um, and some keys uh, with Ivory when we play live. Normally, except for this uh, one day, in which I I did try um, with uh, with some <laughs> with like some degree of uh, of capability playing playing drums for Ivory. Yeah, that was that awesome. Show, that was so much fun. I mean, yeah. I was like you know super nervous. Was Factory Song the one that we? opened with is that i think it might have been i think it was because i remember you know i haven't played on stage in forever and you know practiced with these guys a couple times and i get up on there you know it's i was doing just very elementary things on the bass but i had a music stand and about (laughs) 75 percent through the song the very first song the thing just like slid right off and onto the floor there was some (laughs) some really hilarious like comedy of error moments uh during that set in my my on my part, uh, during Here We Go Again, uh, which is the other song from our, our little two-song release that you can get on iTunes, um, <laughs> I, as, I'm, as I'm playing the hi-hat with my, with my left foot, uh, my clutch comes loose, and the hi-hat just goes like four inches up above Ooh. where it was. <laughs> uh, and then about 30 seconds later, I hit the crash cymbal, which had uh, an early... Uh, spin bowl demo unit mm-hmm. on it that I think already had a little crack in it. Hey! <laughs> uh, Have a good one, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, Get play that out of here. Oscar style. Oh, man. <laughs> 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 I completely forgot what I was just talking the about. The spin bowl, the oh, cymbal. Yeah. Oh, so I so I had a, a crash cymbal on a, with a spin bowl on it um, for Ivory's set, and I hit the... I hit the crash cymbal and the the poor spin bowl um, broke, and, and the cymbal fell onto me. <laughs> I didn't see that. Like <laughs> somehow nobody somehow nobody saw it happen. 
Um, and there's like there's a video of us playing that song, and you can see the hi hat go, but the crash thing happens like right after the video ends. And I w- <laughs> I wish it had been caught because it was, <laughs> I mean, it was a really uh, it was an interesting moment. Um, but you know the the show must go on, and so like, what am I gonna do? Like, stop and throw up my arms because the symbol fell on me? No, <laughs> throw the symbol into the audience. <laughs> throw the symbol into the audience. It? You know, I mean, I could go find a, a reporter and uh, body slam him. That's apparently a new thing that we're doing. <laughs> um, and actually, on that show, to just tie it all together even more, the Taylor Kelly mm-hmm. that you mentioned, she oh. opened up with her own project. Right? Yep, this is yep, awesome right. Funk, yeah, situation. Yes, Taylor is actually somebody that. Um, I didn't know her personally at Berkeley. Frankie knew her from Berkeley. I knew of her because she played in a band called uh, called Light Bright, and we played in Zoya's band with members of Light Bright. Uh, so I kind of knew of her at Berkeley. Um, she's a killer trumpet player, um, but uh, her main focus is actually she's a vocalist, uh, just an amazing R&B um, vocalist, and she has a great killer live band, and she's got a record coming out soon as well. Under um, her name, under or? her name, yeah, Taylor Kelly. Um, and but yeah, she's nice enough to to join our extended band playing uh, trumpet and and some keyboards as well. So then, with that said, with Daniel and her, it's you, Frankie, Matt, mm-hmm. Ron, Daniel, and Taylor. Yep, six people. Uh huh. Super awesome. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, South Street Fest was great, man. South Street Fest was, it was uh, our first show out as like a whole six piece, you know? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, my dad was there. He was loving it. <laughs> my dad loves live music. That's my man, awesome. B Red. Love B Red. <laughs> Emphasis on the rad. Yeah, as, as we were setting up, I saw. I saw a guy in a bridge set hoodie, and I was like, oh, that's cool. A guy in a bridge set hoodie. And then I think it was Frankie was like, that's Steve's dad. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, he came back, and he was like, oh, man, Ivory was great. They're really cool. They look good. Frankie had the whole dot thing going, and he was just, like, blown away at the, um, really, the thought put into the whole thing, and then and then the music. Because you guys, aesthetic, and, I mean, I describe it to people when they're like, well, what do they sound like? Which is, you know, like the worst question to ask anyone that yeah, oh, man. makes any kind <laughs> of music. You know, and it's like the most asked question that you get as a, as a as a musician in general, just like, oh, what kind of music do you do? And I'm like, well, you know, but especially like, oh, what kind of music is your band? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, but that's, uh, so if I were to speak on your behalf, which I've had to way too many times as far as that question, <laughs> I think what I normally say is a world-influenced indie rock with smart songwriting, which could be also said, I guess, as pop songwriting, depending on your definition of things, which again is just a bigger conversation than even needs to be. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's really cool because it is like, um, and just add things or subtract things, um, <laughs> like bassoon, subtract. But there is yeah, subtract bassoon. Um, um, flute and sax and the guitars and the yep. bass and the drums and the clarinets. And is there violin Occasion- and ivory? There, uh, when we played South Street Fest, Taylor, um, not Taylor, I'm sorry, oh, Daniel. Daniel, Daniel played, uh, he actually played viola for that set um, oh, in, lieu of, in lieu of cello. And basically I wrote cello parts for him and then he just a, a viola is is a cello an octave up so he just read the cello parts on viola which is <laughs> cello cool. shrunk i put it yeah, in the watch right. it's like, that was on. <laughs> and side note about daniel actually he will be teaching violin here starting very soon we got the stuff printed on sundays and what i'm excited about is he was like i guess violin lessons are normally more expensive mm-hmm. and he was like you know what 
let's just do the violin lessons at your normal lesson rates. And I feel like that's going to be an amazing thing. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if he's ever, like, if he was ever teaching or working with you guys on his teaching style at your place when you're hanging out. But what I find really interesting um, is he uses, like, um, he was saying an Americana pedagogy, if that's the right word. Okay. Um, where, so it's more familiar, I guess, the rhythms and, and melodies and things where he was saying, instead of like working with classical music with some of these kids and adults, he'll do the Americana thing where it's like a version of Oh Susanna or, you know, something like that that's sure. just really familiar and embedded. Yeah. Um, and that that's how he gets people going on violin. Daniel and, and, as Daniel kind of joined joined the band, and and I actually got to know Daniel because um, you and I together and separately, Steve and I together and separately worked on his uh, full length record uh, that came out last uh, February or so. Uh, Steve mixed and I mastered, um, and then I've been I've been working on on his uh, on his mixing and mastering as well. I've got an, uh, just another project he just sent to me to to work on. Is it like the i half iPad programmed half live stuff again? I, I I believe this one is. Yeah, the last thing I did for him was a little bit more avant garde kind of uh, cello and and some like electronic stuff um, that he did as like accompaniment for a a play um, was the last bit that I did for him a couple of months ago. Um, but yeah, this is I believe he's actually he wants to re release an EP that he put out a few years ago. Um, he wanted to kind of update the sound of it a little bit, and so I'm excited to get to work um, to get to work on that. But getting to know Daniel, he's a, an amazing, just like person. Oh yeah, um, a very a really like interesting person and very smart. And mm. um, I, you know, I think that that's a that's a cool approach to an instrument that's taught in a very rigid way often um that doesn't and what i love about daniel is that there's not many string players in this world that i can give uh four bars of slash notation with chords over it and say improvise here um no like there's no string players i won't say no there's very few string players that can and will uh do something like that and and i we're lucky to have him playing with us and so i love to give him opportunities to shine on his own because he's amazing yeah that was the cool <laughs> thing about living with him is if if him and i were in the apartment at the same time he would either be playing cello or violin or watching anime just <laughs> giggling away or doing all of those things at the same time and that was it i mean we hung out and actually just a quick side note he prepped me when I took a trip to Argentina. Um, living with him, he we just spoke Spanish like for a while. It was like just speak to me in Spanish. We'll communicate that way. Yeah, and he speaks um, like the king Spanish too. Like yeah. he speaks like Spain Spanish. Yeah, which um, <laughs> you know definitely helped. But what I didn't, I guess, research was Buenos Aires happens to speak an Italian influenced version of Spanish. Oh yeah. So while getting the the fundamentals, it. It took some adjusting. You lacked the sing I, song. Yeah, it was the 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 double L's instead of Kaye is Kaije, oh. um, and things like that. So it was it was really interesting. But um, yeah, I got back. I lived with him for for two summers, and we helped build out the studio that I interned at, um, that he was recording at, that now is is no more. And so it's really awesome for this whole thing to like got to know you guys, knew Daniel, kept in touch with Daniel, and now it's just like. It's just all there. It's all the way it should be. Everyone's hanging out. Yeah. So very excited for that. Matthew, you're quite a little cucumber today. Yeah. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Me. How you feeling, baby? 
I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting next to Robbie, just like, oh my god, I love this. Yeah, uh, I said, oh my god, I just love listening. We gotta yeah. talk. We gotta talk more about Fatonia, I think. Oh, sweet. Because because uh, <laughs> I I'm absolutely in love with with Matthew's music, and and I it you know I deuce I, that I. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, joining a band is not something that I necessarily like take in a in a light way, and but mm-hmm. I I was just from the f- like from the moment that I heard it, and I think Out Loud was probably the first song of yours that uh, I heard. Yeah, yeah, and uh, or it might have even been Trampled. Um, Trampled was like one of the one of the first ones that like I really started playing out with, you know. Yeah, and Out Loud I think was one I did for the Spimble session at, at yeah. Descartes. Yeah, too, yeah. So we got like two big full versions of that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I just, I just love your songs, and so it's a, it's an honor to get to play them. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, they're they're very thought out and just beautiful. Really, it's yeah. just wonderful to listen to. Like it, all it is is just like my one stream of like chords and playing on like a rooftop in Philly for like two years, <laughs> and then eventually finding a bunch of people who make it sound really, really good, <laughs> which yeah, is I mean, awesome. They were good, and then like Robbie and Frankie and Paul and Ben stepped mm-hmm. in, and then it was just like, what? So we have violins, we have some drums, we got some weird bass notes coming in, we got some yeah. cool chords. Like Ben's bass, I'm so jealous of Ben's bass playing because <laughs> he he's just such a cool, awesome, creative bass player. Yeah, and he just like stands there, and it just happens, and mm-hmm. he's just like little shoulder move every once in yeah. a while. It's this giant SG looking guild base. It's oh. like it's like a double long neck. It's yeah. like sixteen feet long. <laughs> but the other the other night we were jamming uh, in his basement. Mm-hmm. We all had like a, a practice together, and yeah. like we were just like, okay, what are we gonna do? We're gonna jam, and he just pulls out this weird like chromatic half oh, step man. thing, at, like the thirteenth oh, fret, God. real high up on the low E. Like, was boom, so good. Boom. I, I wish that there had been some, like, we had recorded something. That, that was for the universe. It was for the universe. <laughs> it was say. so good, man. I, and I, uh, I have trouble finding, having fun with jamming because I tend to get bored because I'm not, like, a, I'm not a soloer myself. I don't really, like, eh, it's just my personal thing. I don't really. Even mm. though he can shred on the piano until Oh, tomorrow, my God, dude. By the way. <laughs> That's another thing. We got to jam on the piano sometime. Oh, yeah. We got that electric keyboard we found in the trash. Oh, yeah. Oh, go, yeah. That's a that's an awesome story. Do we have time? Can I? Oh, yeah. yeah okay, we- yeah, because because uh, this is a great story, and we were walking. This is, what would you say, Matt, a year and a half ago? Just a year about ago? A year, year and a half ago? Yeah. Sometime in the summer. Right. Oh, yeah. So I guess it would have been about a year ago. And we were walking uh, down Bainbridge Street uh, between uh, between here, Bridge Set Sound, and... and uh, I think it was like 3rd and 4th, or, or... Yeah, it was between... No, it was between 4th fourth and 5th. Fourth There's fourth that, little, uh, that little alleyway that like is kind of where the subway used to be on mm-hmm. South Street. But on the Bainbridge side, there was a whole bunch of stuff just out on the corner for like trash day. It must have been a Thursday. And it, in there was this like old keyboard looking thing and i'm looking at this and i'm like i have no idea what this thing is i've never seen anything like this i'm looking at it and it's and it's i mean this is clearly 30 years old at the at the least um and the model number is a cp30 made by yamaha uh extremely 80s extremely (laughs) 80s in all aspects um it also weighs about 100 pounds (laughs) yeah we found out i'm and I, I, I'm not hyperbolizing. It really weighs a hundred pounds, and Matt uh, helped me carry it um, about a block and a half <laughs> uh-huh. down down the street and up uh, our treacherously steep stairs. <laughs> Uh, and into our apartment, not even knowing whether it worked or not. We had no idea. It was like like literally just this thing on the street, and I was like, this is just too cool to leave here. It looked in pretty decent condition. It works. It sounds really cool, 
it's you know I guess the reason it ended up in the trash is because it is very heavy. Um, there's really not much in the resale aspect of it. It's really too heavy to ship, so you can't sell it on eBay. Yeah, and it it's weighs not, like 150 pounds. Yeah, yeah. it's and it's like <laughs> and it's not it's not like a popular like a well known a well known model. You know, like a DX or yeah, like the DX one was the DX 100 or DX six seven DX seven right. Mm. So. Um, Sounds like all like the the sounds were in there, but they maybe like they made like a a lighter version along the way, you know. Yeah. So all the music's in there, so it's like sweet, you got this sick keyboard. Well, and it, it is actually analog synthesis is the thing, and it has mm. it has um, you know, uh, you know, uh, oscillators in it. Like it's not, uh, and and the keys are weighted, which is why it's so heavy. Uh, and interestingly enough, the it, it comes, it's like a case, but the case is also the stand. For it, I mean, I guess if you got like a heavy duty, you know, double bar X frame stand, you could just put it on that too. But it, like, the I don't know how to explain it. The case comes off and becomes the legs, and then there's just like two bars that kind of connect on a diagonal and they keep the thing sitting up. And it's just, I mean, it's just a cool thing that's like found on the street. And and I wouldn't have it if not, <laughs> if not for Matthew carrying uh, <laughs> half of the weight because holy crap. Dude, we're going to have to use it for a recording too. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. I need to put something on the songs. We, I've used really it nice. a couple of times in recordings. I did uh, I did a reproduction of the Doctor Who theme song for a friend of mine <laughs> oh, yeah. last year and I used it in that because that's all since. I mean, the original version of it was actually all like old, 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 old 60s like Moog synths that they originally did it with. Um, I... I I say Moog. I don't. I might be. That I might be making making that particular fact up. Uh, <laughs> it don't uh, matter. So I used it. I used it for that. And then we have a, a demo of of a new Ivory tune that we're working on, which is like uh, got a lot of electronics in it. Um, Make that thing sound like icicles, man. Yeah, that's it's exactly crazy. what it sounds like. Yeah, it's it's got a very like icy kind of tone to it. And at the time, we were sort of planning the project to be related to the seasons and so that was supposed to be kind of winter um and so we found this just like really icy kind of synth sound but it's it's a big keyboard like uh 65 keys i think is it 60 probably 61 okay 61 yeah. yeah whatever the common 60 number is i'm 61 or 76 or 88 is I, usually yeah it's that. not it's definitely not 88 it's either 76 or 61 uh, I believe you on both of them. Yeah, and but so you know you can play it like a piano, which is cool because I do have that background. I uh, my piano was my first instrument, so I have the piano background. So it's cool that I can play it like a piano, but get like awesome synth sounds out of it, which is often something that as a uh, piano player that likes different sounds and kind of stuff to to play with, it's in, it's hard to sometimes find things that'll have the polyphony to like, kind of let you play with ten fingers. And uh, you mentioned Doctor Who, which reminded me that you guys also are getting into a bit of film composition. Oh yeah. We are. That's true. In fact, we started on it on it yesterday and we we actually did a, the first that's also part of what like my degree covers as well as like film scoring and scoring just scoring to video in general. Um and so we did a we did a film score for a high school friend of Frankie's actually who went to NYU. Um there's a short film called Mutt uh which ended up at the I want to say this right, Student Academy Awards, I believe. Um, so uh, we did the score for that last year, and so uh, her name is Chloe Octas. I believe I'm saying that correctly. Uh, and she's got another, she's working on another film right now um, that we're going to be scoring, I think, in the next month or month and a half or so. Uh, but we're also working on a short film uh, for... 
uh, it's actually, I think, just a friend of Chloe's. I think she just recommended us as she needed somebody to do uh, scoring for her thesis project for her degree. Um, and uh, apparently she had been given the runaround by like a year for another composer. And, you know, Frankie and I work, we work, we work well together. Obviously, like, you know, we, uh, we know how, we know how we work. And uh, so, you know, it's like, you know, this guy jerked you around for a year, like give us a week. You know what and I mean? You guys have such complementary skill sets with like the the strings and right. the performance and you can perform also, but I've seen you engineer and it's quite remarkable the amount of balls in the air that <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, just effortlessly juggle. We <laughs> we actually were recording yesterday and we we did we recorded everything which uh viola violin, alto flute uh bass clarinet and all in the hallway <laughs> and partially just because uh you know the the film aspect of it is i didn't i wanted to be able to communicate with frankie a little bit more directly than having to talk to him you know through a talkback mic um oh so in your apartment hallway in like, the apartment right? hallway oh, cool. like yeah uh you guys i mean they all obviously know my apartment and we have a hallway that kind of leads from the living area to to the studio kind of control room where the computer is and, and the interface and all that. And I have a snake that runs down there. So normally record out in the living room. Um, but you get a really interesting reverb sound in, in the hallway. Uh, and we had done some recordings in the hallway for the first, <laughs> for the first film score that we did and thought it would be a, a interesting way to get kind of a, it's a darker subject matter, uh, in the film. And so we, you know, to kind of get a little bit more of a, a eerie kind of uh darker than a puppy being burned alive. Oh, you did see that. <laughs> uh, no, not darker than the puppy being burned alive. Because <laughs> yeah, that was the No, first no, it wasn't thing. alive. It wasn't alive. It was okay. dead. Yeah. yeah, the, I the, yeah. <laughs> Just watch the thing because I haven't, so ignore you, I don't think you can. On? I, don't, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I don't I don't think you can actually I don't think you can watch it. I haven't okay. been able there's a uh I uh, you can Google search it. It's called Mutt, uh and there is a trailer which features like a little bit of our music, but the film itself, I don't know if you can actually um, you can actually and actually watch it, but yeah, that was yeah, the it was more uh, cellos, it was more, more trombone. trombone. <laughs> it was that, that one was the opposite of that. I mean, it was like really bare, just like synths and some like weird like effecty delay guitar stuff that I put in there, and then Frankie did some some like very bare string stuff, um, and you know just some like cold frosty reverb. <laughs> nice cup of frosty but this reverb. this this one that we're doing is not as dark but it is also dark and it's uh this is a little bit more composed and thematic where we actually have like themes that we're coming back to and stuff like that steve is texting at a rapid rapid fire uh my accountant texted me <laughs> uh 40 minutes ago <laughs> asking for like the uh the code to get into my bank account oh dear it was. Oh no, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> the 16 digit code is. I want to talk about my code so bad. <laughs> Anywho, it's eight zero zero. Yeah. We do need to. How do you know that? No, uh, we do need to uh, to wrap it up. Um, once again, the Finally. store is opening God. soon. Yeah. Matthew is out of breath, out of voice. Wrap it up. Oh, and actually, Frank, you're gone. It's Thursday. Oh yeah. And then Frankie comes in. Frankie, so yeah. I have a piano lesson today. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'll be I'll be around. Sweet. I wonder around. if I have a voice lesson today. I hope so. I hope so too. I wanna I wanna I wanna can I can I I just wanna real fast. Um, 
again compliment Matthew in that he learns music in a very rapid rate. Super oh. rapid. <laughs> yeah, and Thank it's you. like you play piano? No. And he sits down and, and <laughs> plays the piano. So I, I want to give him that. And I also want to give Steve some shout out because, uh, you know, I I would not have um, I would not have much if it weren't for the shop being here. So I'm well, I'm you. always eternally grateful for for you and for the shop and for. And on that note, the shop would not be here literally without both of you <laughs> um, straight up as well as the sound tree things and everything. Yeah. So. Um, we all love each other, and this is a beautiful thing. And uh, you should come on, come on by, and meet all of us. And if you do hear this today, somehow you can come say hi to Frankie. At least. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thursdays and, and Sundays, come and stalk him. Yes, Thursday, Sunday, and Frankie <laughs> teaches uke and and a couple flutes here and there and and uh, whatnot. And um, yeah, is there anything any parting? Oh, what I also I wanted to compliment Matt since we're on the compliment tip. I just wanted to say for people out there is it is not without effort. I mean, obviously, Robbie has put a ton of time and life into it. But to see Matthew in the short period of time that that Robbie was talking about, just put the time in, you know, after the shop closes until whatever hour in the morning, just studying and playing and writing out. Um, Learning all them journey songs, man. (laughs) (laughs) Now a little piano man coming through. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just a straight up testament to uh putting putting it in and, and getting it out um so <laughs> so that i do best that was not gonna go in this room unnoticed no. it was not gonna <laughs> no and in my head i had like a pasta machine because i made pasta once oh, um once. which was a lot of fun close up get some pizza <laughs> Good <old time. laughs> um but i think we said factory song is yes. the one that, mm. that we're gonna play yeah is there any notes or anything cool thing that happened or whatever to, to lead us into the track? Um, I mean, I'm not going to go like full song exploder on you. Uh, you know, we recorded everything but the drums and bass uh, in our apartment uh, and everything like everything that's not uh, a regular everything that's not like a rhythm section instrument. Uh, Frankie played and it, he also played the the uke electric and acoustic. Um and I mean, it's like you get into the you'll notice in the bridge that there are big strings and horns and stuff like that. And and Frankie did all of that. So <laughs> props there because he's he's crazy and, and just amazing. And Matt's on that recording. Yes. Matt is playing guitar and also he's singing those uh, those nice high harmonies. Oh, yeah. Got me on the low harmonies. In fact, at the end of the song. Oh, here. This is a fun bit of information. We'll leave it on the very end of the song. Uh, we recorded uh, we recorded all those vocals live together in the same room. I just put up three mics and we and we all sang sang together for that last bit classic that's awesome good old gang vocal sweet well sirs yeah yeah it's been real it has it's been a lot of fun it's been a ton of fun thanks thanks for having me for real absolutely thanks for coming and um and our light just burned out Frankie must be no here. Oh, <laughs> the <lights yeah>. <laughs> Checking the switches, getting ready to open. It's Frankie out there. He's like <laughs> so we're going to go say hello to Frankie, and you guys are going to listen to this track, and we will talk to you again soon.
Nobody ever said it.